Welcome back to Brazil Crypto Report. Today we're joined by Myra Cicada of Algorand Foundation. We talk about her work building out Algorand's community in Brazil and her prior experience as Binance's first employee in the country. All right. So we're here today with Myra from the Algorand Foundation. Myra, thanks so much for being here. And thank you for uh, having me over. So uh, thanks for the invitation, Aaron, and it's a pleasure to be here. Amazing. Well, to get started, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your journey into crypto and Web3? Okay. Uh, I consider it kind of a long journey if you consider the, how, how, how much time we have for the Web3 and, and blockchain and crypto industry. I've been around since 2018. So I was one of those people that actually got interested in Bitcoin and crypto after that Bitcoin pump uh, by the end of 2017. Uh, and then I started working at a Brazilian exchange. I was actually, I'm a journalist. Uh, my background is uh, as a sports journalist. But then I decided at some point that I didn't want to work with sports or with journalism anymore. So I, uh, I joined the Foxbit Exchange in Brazil. Uh, and, and then I started working in their marketing team, communications and everything. And that's when I, I actually dived into the community thing and the Web3 uh, uh, industry and crypto, of course, and that's where I learned about uh, pretty much the, the basics of the crypto industry. And after that, it, it was just like never stops. Once you, you you enter in this in this industry, it seems like you cannot leave. So it, and it's just developing more and more. So I worked it uh, after that for Binance for three three years basically, and that was a big big learning for me because I was the first hire for Binance in Brazil for Latin America. I had the job of uh, developing the Brazilian market for Binance here, which was such a, a big deal and, and a big market at the time. It was just a lot of potential. But uh, after the, the other uh, bull run that we had for, for crypto, Brazil became such an important market, not only in Latin America or in the Americas, but for the whole world. So it was uh, a lot of learning and a lot of, of development for the crypto industry in Brazil. So basically, that's a little bit of my story. And then after Binance, I joined the Algorand Foundation. That's where I've been since January, uh, which is a little bit different because it's not that crypto, but it's more like a, we're talking about Web3 development, applications, blockchain. But it's still very, very interesting market. Amazing. So on that front, why don't you tell us a bit more about what Algorand is and then kind of what the foundation does and then uh, maybe about what your kind of day-to-day you know, life as a, you know, as a, as the Brazil representative looks like. Yeah. Uh, well, Algorand is, uh, uh, this is an interesting story because I left Binance to join Algorand. And at first it seems to some people that it was kind of uh, a crazy idea because Binance was at, um, uh, a little bit before we got this bear market. So, uh, it was like the biggest exchange in the world and it's such a big deal. But I got very interested in the project because uh, Algorand is a layer one blockchain. Uh, it has great people behind. So uh, Silvio Micali, that is the founder, it's this Italian guy from the MIT that is a big genius uh, that won a lot of prizes and the Turing Award and a lot of all the awards that you can imagine for crypto uh, cryptography and um 
computer science. So the guy is like a big freaking genius. And, and he just decided to create a blockchain and then he made Algorand. And when you, 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 you do a, a deep dive on it, not even a deep dive, just a little dive in it, you, you just see how, how, how amazing it is, how fast it is. Uh, it, it solves a lot of issues. So I got really interested in the project. Uh, so basically... Uh, what what Algorand has is, uh, as I mentioned, a layer one blockchain. That is, it has behind it the pure proof of stake uh, um, concept. So the pure proof of stake makes it uh, really secure, really fast, uh, and something that we can almost say that it's almost impossible to to hack or to change or to do anything uh, with this chain. And it has it hasn't uh, had a, a downtime since it it started in 2019. So basically, it's uh, a very interesting project. But basically, the, the advantage for the solutions that want to use Algorand, because I'm not a person that goes like, there's only one true good blockchain i'm not one of these people i just uh i just believe that there are different chains for different purposes uh, and for different projects and for whatever solution that requires scalability and needs to handle critical information uh that's uh algorand it's, it's such an important chain for that because there's instant finality and if you want we can <laughs> go a little bit deeper on it but instant finality is it's something it's a feature that is very important from algorand because it allows the the whatever you are uh, registering in the blockchain to actually be final uh, because many of the chains they have forks they might have forks during the 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 formation of the blocks so basically with algorand when something is registered in the blockchain you can consider it final uh, so in a nutshell uh, it's something that it's very important for uh, especially financial applications, in my in my opinion, because if you imagine in the future, if banks were all using blockchain technology, you cannot, you know, have something registered in the blockchain and maybe a, a fork uh, in the future of that specific block will change it all. So you cannot have uh, uh, you cannot have that at all. So instant finality is something that it's it's really interesting and really important for critical information. So you can run multiple logics, transfers uh, at the same time. You can have large-scale applications uh, to make composability. So basically, you are sure that the register information is final and confirmed, uh, which is, for me, one of the one of the interesting, more interesting uh, uh, features of the algorithm. And so, and compared to to maybe other layer one chains, this is one of the advantages. And basically, so basically that's it. And you ask about what I do, what is my role doing that in Brazil? It's basically spreading the word. The word. Uh, I want people to actually know that Algorand, it's, it's such an amazing chain, but it doesn't have the same marketing as some others. Uh, it's, it's not a well-known blockchain, uh, but there's a lot of applications that we still need to develop, especially in the Latin America market and especially in Brazil market. So uh, this is my job to make Algorand known and grow the community, uh, uh, grow the applications, grow our developer community, because that's one of the pain points that we have for Brazil, for Algorand at the moment. So that's it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Lot to, lot to chew on there, but that sounds really interesting. And I mean, I want to kind of dive in. I don't want to go super technical on this, and you're, you're probably not the most. You probably don't understand all the technicalities, how these things work either. I mean, I don't either. So I mean, uh, but like, 
how I mean in the positioning of you know when I think I'm thinking about these other kind of competitive layer ones or, or you know I guess we can use the term like ETH killers I guess I mean I don't know if people still use that term but that was like one of the terms that was being floated around to kind of describe these alternative layer ones back in the day um, and you had a lot of these things popping up you have like Solana and you have Near and you have uh, like even things like Celo that has now uh, kind of pivoted to become like an Ethereum layer two. Uh, from what I understand recently, I'm not really sure how that works, but apparently it's doable. Um, and just kind of curious as to like, how, how would you, I mean, maybe not even talking about so much on the technical, the technical side, but more on like the use case side, what is, what are those, uh, you know, thinking of like a, a blockchain is more of like a microchip almost where it's like, there are certain chains that are better for certain purposes than others. Like what are the, the, the use cases and applications that maybe, uh, you know, are, our, our Algorand offers like uh, uh, kind of a competitive advantage to, to build on? There are many, many applications, but I'll just mention here uh, my favorites and usually the ones that we, we mentioned when we were talking about applications because most of them are related to tokenization uh, and you can pretty much tokenize anything. So we're talking about uh, real world assets uh, and we have a lot of use cases in Latin America especially not only but I love the ones that we have in Latin America especially in Argentina in Argentina we are developing um, we have a lot of projects over there and uh, one of the hits that we have at the moment uh, projects that are very consolidated uh, are agrotoking that it's a, a commodities tokenization. So they tokenize commodities. It's something that you can, uh, um, for the agro industry, and you know that's pretty important for Brazil. They are growing a lot in Brazil, but also in Argentina and Latin America in general, uh, commodities are, are, are a big thing. So um, tokenizing them at all, allows a lot of uh, benefits for the producers for uh, uh, for this industry. So it's one of the projects that we have that it's really uh, working fine. And TravelX, uh, that's actually my favorite because it solves uh, real world problems that I have, that you have, that pretty much everyone that uses an airplane and, and needs tickets and, and airline tickets have because what they do is making every ticket, every flight ticket that you have uh, to become an NFT which allows you to actually change the information or sell it, resell it, or uh, postpone your flight, something that you cannot do today without paying a lot of fees and, 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 and a lot of, or even paying uh, a new ticket if you have to change some information. And you cannot change uh, a ticket from under your name to someone else's name. This is something that TravelX is allowing. It, they are already working with an Argentinian airline. They are negotiating and pretty soon we're going to launch um, their partnership with an airline in Brazil. And there are several uh, around the world that they are negotiating as well. So basically, this is one of the good benefits because they reached, I think, a couple of weeks ago, um, a million tickets issued uh, as NFTs, uh, which is quite impressive considering that they are basically at the moment working in Argentina only. Uh, and expanding to to other markets, but it's it's just an amazing solution because then I can buy in advance a ticket uh, very cheap, and then I can I don't know change later if this date doesn't work for me I can uh, change in advance I can um, sell it to someone else in a second market or I can you know uh, transfer it to my mom or to whoever I want because I cannot take that flight anymore, uh, which solves such a 
big problem that usually people have nowadays. And for the airline company, it solves a lot of issues as well because they can uh, um, they can have they can sell tickets beforehand uh, w with a long time uh, before the flight, so they can guarantee that they will have cash flow. They have a lot of redu um, they reduce a lot the the complaints and their customer service uh, and and they also as it is an NFT. There's um, there's the the royalties attached to the company. So whoever sells it or resells the the NFT, this NFT ticket, they will receive uh, receive a percentage of of every selling and reselling. So it's it's just benefits for all sides. So basically, this is one of my favorite projects, and uh, I, I don't want to mention every single project, but there's a lot of tokenization as well, uh, a lot of uh, properties. Um, uh, when you work with, I'm forgetting the, the the word for that in English, but basically when intellectual property, that's it. So uh, for intellectual properties, we have a lot of applications for that all over the world. Um, we have applications for IDs uh, that use the blockchain for for creating ideas to help survivors from from tragedies. So there's a lot of, of, of application also in the music industry and the retail industry with tokenizations of, uh, of buildings and houses. Uh, so you can buy a fraction of a house, for instance, and receive a proportion of whatever is done with this building. Uh, so anyway, there's a lot of applications and I think those uh, are the, the the big hits. Tokenizations in general are the big hit for, for our world. Whatever needs scalability. Very cool. Very cool. Now I've 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 written about AgroToken and then TravelX. Those have been around or those have kind of been in the works for for a while now, but I didn't realize that they were on Agri, uh, on Algorand. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, had, I, I guess I overlooked that detail, but uh, <laughs> um, I've, I've kind of covered some of the announcements that have that have have been made from from both of those. Uh, but that's super cool. Yeah, the, the I did, a million tickets issued on the TravelX platform using uh, a million NFT tickets. That's super, and then just one country. That's super interesting. Um, and it sounds like there's some like real you know tangible benefits to to using that tech that that like average consumers can benefit from. You know, not just not just sort of crypto people. Um, so that's super exactly. interesting. And, uh, and if you think that it was just in one country, as soon as this is scale up, uh, this is where this is why you need a chain that can actually uh, afford to, to to have this scalability. Because if you go to different countries, you can imagine how many more tickets they will be issuing. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And our Argentina is what like you know thirty, forty million people, maybe um, population wise. I should probably know that, but I don't. But uh, but yeah, but just know. using. <laughs> yeah, but it's but there's and there's you know maybe you know maybe like a small fraction of those people that are you know commuting by a air you know buying airplane tickets regularly, um, and that already adds up to a million tickets. So that's obviously uh, you know yeah that you're obviously gonna need a lot of scalability if that's gonna be a solution like that's gonna be rolled out uh, in other markets. So that's super interesting. Um, I'd love to learn a bit more about you know I think your your experience is really unique in the sense that you came in. You kind of got in in like, you know, 2017, 18, you joined Binance, you helped kind of bootstrap like the Binance brand and community in Brazil. Uh, and then Binance has just has become kind of like a giant in the market. I mean, it's really even even amongst even after the, this new law and even after, um, you know, you know, there's there's like a lot of you know people that don't like Binance, obviously, because like it's so big and <laughs> like um, 
you know, so obviously it went from like zero to basically being, you know, uh, at least half, two thirds of the market share uh, within a couple of years. And um, yeah. obviously you had a lot of success with that. And then now you're starting off kind of fresh with with a different type of project, really trying to bootstrap, really trying to build community, really just trying to get people interested in the project. Obviously, it's a bit different market. You're not you're not going after just, you know, retail customers or, or um, you know, it's a very different kind of you're going after more of like builders and developers and and um, and and just kind of, you know, you know, community enthusiast type people that may not necessarily be builders, developers, but they have their, their you know, their token holders. So they're just interested in the project for whatever, whatever other reason. Um, but I was hoping you could maybe talk a bit about like, what has it been like to build these types of brands and communities in the mar in the Brazil market, you know, kind of starting from scratch with, with, with both of these essentially. They are definitely different, um, place, uh, workplaces and, and activities that I have to do. Although the building of the community is something very similar because, uh, exactly what you mentioned when you're talking about Binance or, or any exchange, you were talking about retail user, you were talking about, uh, market conditions, you were talking about prices going up and down and people getting interested in investing, uh, in Brazil. I, th I believe that in many countries uh, and cultures, it is the same. But Brazil, I can talk especially that a lot of people are basically interested in making money and easy money. So uh, we don't invest much in, I don't know, regular traditional uh, investments like the stock market. Uh, a lot of Brazilians flee from, from the stock market. Like, I, I, I don't want to get close to it. It's too complicated. But crypto sounds so simple you know you just register at a at an exchange you just add your information you just deposit and pling you have bitcoin or whatever in your in your account and it is quite uh, simple uh, the user experience so uh it is also uh very interesting because you see what happened to bitcoin in the past three four years so of course, everyone wants to be part of it. So basically in Brazil, crypto had a big boom uh, after 2020, 2020, 2021, especially. And uh, when I was at Binance, when I joined Binance, we were still not in a bear market, but it was kind of a not that interesting market. Uh, and Brazil was like for Binance, not even top 10 uh, market or are in number of users and, and trading users. And by the time we got this, uh, bull run, uh, from 2020, 2021, uh, we got, uh, uh, Brazil became second top two market at Binance at the time. So, uh, it, it was quite impressive because Brazilians uh, have a big adoption. So basically, uh, what I want to say is that it's not that my work was easier because of course there was a lot of work, uh, to build that, but it, it, it when you have a bull run, when you have a lot of people interested in it, it's if you just do the right marketing to them, you can attract those, uh, draw these users to your platform. And Binance has such an amazing platform. So basically, all you have to do is make people know that you exist. And with Algorand, it's totally different. Not only we are living a bear market, which uh, in general uh, pushes people away from from Web three and blockchain or crypto or whatever, but also it's what you mentioned. You have to convince 
convince people to be interested in your project and in the technology. Uh, so you talk a lot to builders and projects and entrepreneurs. Like uh, you, you have a startup. Why should you be using blockchain and why should you be using Algorand? So I have to reach these people. And Algorand, in its past, uh, has never really invested in marketing. These efforts are very recent. So you see a lot of our competitors and some uh, some of them you mentioned here, they are building community in Brazil for like four, five, six years. So they are well known. And maybe those chains are not better in many aspects or in some aspects better than Algorand, but people don't know Algorand. So it is a bigger challenge on that side that I, I want to make Algorand known. Like I want people to know who is Silvio Micali behind it. I want people to know how many um, great applications we can have. So it is a bigger challenge. And you are talking more to the enthusiasts and to developers and to builders. So it, it is a very different community. We're not talking about people that want to make money. Because, of course, there are some that might be interested in holding the token because they, they, they think that they will uh, be rich because they believe in the project or not. They are just, you know, betting on, on it. But basically, the community for a blockchain is people that actually believe in, in, in the protocol. Uh, so in that white paper that was written. So uh, it is very different. And I think that it's a lot harder because um, not because the competition is hard, but because this size of community is very smaller than people who wants to just become rich from <laughs> overnight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I totally hear that. And I think the, you know, there, there, as, a, as a journalist, as a, you know, as a journalist who's been in this space for a while, um, and probably yourself as a former journalist, you probably have some same, similar instincts here, but there's kind of, I've always had this sort of inverse correlation in my mind of the amount of marketing and like PR that a, a particular company or project is putting out, there's like an inverse correlation to like how interesting the work they're actually doing is. So like the people that are putting out just like tons of PR, tons of PR, tons of marketing, it's like more often than not, there's like not really anything there. Uh, but it's the people that are doing like really interesting stuff that like aren't even really that concerned with doing the PR behind it. Like that's, those are the people I want to talk to. Right. Cause those they're like, they're just like, I'm building something cool. I know it's cool. I don't need like a fancy marketing apparatus to like tell people about it. Like it's, my I technology it's cool. speaks for itself. This yeah. was like probably the internal model at Algorand for a long time, but we do need a little, a little bit of marketing at least. Otherwise yeah. people won't get to know you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, I, I think the, well, you guys got a nice push earlier this year when uh, this might even be the Algorand, like Silvio Macaulay claim to fame in crypto is when that video of Gary Gensler from like 2018 talking about uh, talking about Algorand and how it was like a great project surfaced. Uh, and then, you know, this was, you know, this was back when he was, you know, calling everything a security and whatnot. And then people are like, wait a minute, there's this video of you talking about this coin, and how great it is from five years ago. And now you're saying it's a security and it's illegal and all this stuff. Uh, anyway, so that was a nice little like algorithm. Yeah, th that's uh, that's not happening to market either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, yeah, that's not helping things either, right? The, some of this stuff. Not, not only for Algorand, but for, for the whole industry. Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. It hasn't been easy. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not easy, right? Um, so, I mean, but just kind of back to this, this um, you know, it sounds like you're trying to uh, really be just smart about how you're marketing Algorand and the community here in Brazil and just, and just uh, you know, not trying to be like over the top about it, but trying to just market like effectively, trying to identify who are the, the people you're trying to target. Maybe talk about like, what channels have you been using to try to 
uh, identify people or to reach people or, or what have you found to be most effective? Maybe what hasn't been as effective as you would have hoped? Uh, basically, uh, it, it, we got this year, by the end of last year and the beginning of this year, uh, the, the in real life events really came strong again. Because when I joined Binance, I was just starting to do events, offline events, and we got the pandemic starting. So it was a lot of online, online, online. And then we finally got rid of it and we finally started doing offline events. And now it seems like a big trend. Uh, but at least what I feel in Brazil is that first half of the year, I I, I attended so many events. I was <laughs> I was getting tired because if you wanted, you could actually have at least three or four events a week, uh, Web3 events from the small ones to the big ones, if you are in a big city such as Sao Paulo, as I am. So there was always some, some, some event to attend. Of course, I did not attend all of them, but there was all these gatherings, uh, these meetups, uh, the ones with um, panels and discussions, the big events and the, the small ones with just happy hours and getting together. Uh, so this is what was actually moving in the first half. But I think uh, that things got started getting harder and harder. The, the bear market, it's, it's brutal at the moment. Uh, so what we are seeing is that people are actually not going more anymore to the events. Um, and actually what I see is that a lot of the interest that many people, not the, the, the real enthusiasts from Web3, uh, but those just curious about it, they are kind of moving towards different technologies and they are not that interested in blockchain or Web3 in general anymore. They're going for AI, for instance. So events that are discussing more AI than Web3, they're getting a lot of people and a lot of attraction and interest. But Web3 is kind of dormant at the moment, you know, that the people are just waiting for the bull to wake up again because uh, so we were investing a lot on a lot of it in a lot in events uh, in Rio and Sao Paulo mainly because those are the big cities and I'm basically all by myself. I have the, the help of uh, two champions in Brazil, the, the champions that we, we, it's how we call them, but they're basically ambassadors of the brand. Uh, but that's it. So there's, there's no scalability for me <laughs> to, to, to be attending many. And, and there's also not that much budget. This is one of the brutal things as well from, from the bear market. So we were, trying to do some events, NFT events, uh, panels and meetups and discussions. But I believe that online events are makes more sense at the moment because um, then you can reach more people and you can try to find these people that are not attending those events in real life events anymore. And basically the social media channels, I started Instagram for us in Brazil. Uh, as you probably know, living here is that Instagram, it's, it's a big thing in Brazil. So we were basically on Twitter and it worked for a while, but um, Twitter is more restricted in Brazil to web three hardcore people. And many of them are not that interested in it, in, in in, in, in engaging anymore. So we're going for different channels. So basically online events, webinars, uh, social media, and producing content, explaining about our applications, our assets. It's been a hard work, uh, but I believe that it's not only for Algorand, but basically I see everyone else and all the other chains and multi-chains and uh, crypto industry, uh, Web3 industry in general, We everyone's struggling at this, this particular moment. 
Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. I think, and the the first thing that gets slashed in times like this is the marketing budgets, right? So you have to kind of get creative with limited resources and limited. I mean, the nice thing about the online the online events is like you can do these things, you know, basically for for free, right? In a lot of exactly. instances, right? So it's like you can, you know, or minimal cost. So it's an easy way to keep getting the word out, even with minimal, uh, minimal uh, financial commitments. Um, I mean, one other thing I wanted to ask here was, I mean, I thought you had a really interesting point just, just now about, about Twitter, right? Where, and I found this to be a bit of a bit, a bit perplexing. Um, whereas kind of the, the, the normal crypto industry, like kind of the mainstream crypto industry basically lives on Twitter. Right. Uh, but in Brazil, or X. it's not Twitter or, yeah, anymore. Yeah, X, whatever, <laughs> whatever we're calling it now. Yeah. Uh, but in Brazil, it's the, 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 the Twitter, the Brazil Twitter community seems very limited to, Basically, like you have a lot of, you know, some Bitcoin maximalist type people and maybe some, you know, some like Ethereum maxi, like bankless Brazil type guys. And yeah. then, but that's like kind of it. Like, I, I mean, I've, I've, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit, perp- I'm, I'm a little bit like, you know, conflicted personally over like how much I should be investing and in posting stuff on Twitter because like, it doesn't really seem like the people I'm trying to reach are, are at least the Brazilian audience that I'm trying to reach is like really there. Um, yep. But at the same time, that's where, that's where like, all of the crypto industry is right so it's an interesting yeah. kind of like conflict here of like but i'm just kind of maybe i'd love your take on like why is crypto brazil twitter like not taken off yeah exactly and i don't have the answer for that but i i, I do feel the same uh and i've been trying to do that for uh my, my past experiences as well and twitter never had too much engagement from this community itself uh and I personally don't don't like the the Instagram for for this kind of interaction because actually Instagram you can share a lot of content so you can create reels and videos and be very educational but not necessarily you have a lot of interaction the 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 ways that the, the way that Twitter is made you can actually have a conversation you can reply you can have a thread there's a lot of interesting features that you can use to interact but I don't know. I, I just don't understand why Brazilians don't like Twitter. So uh, we're not there. Many of us are not there, uh, at least in, in Web3. So uh, this is why we are investing on our side more on Instagram, because it's, it's crazy. When I attend an event, like an entrepreneur's event, I introduce them to Algorand and uh, our features, use cases, how it can be um, interesting for, for your project. Uh, I, I, I share like um, follow us on social media by the end of the presentation. There's always the QR code. And we have like, I don't know, 20 new followers on Instagram and one on Twitter or zero. On Twitter. So that's the proportion. It's like, it's like, it's really crazy. So people are actually going to Instagram. So let's produce content to them. We just cannot engage with them in the same way that yeah. you have an interaction on Twitter. But this is one of the strategies that I have been trying to use, like trying to produce interesting content for Instagram. Otherwise, uh, I don't know how to talk to, to, to these people. Of course, there's Discord, there's Reddit, there's a lot of uh, traditional Web3 channels, but it is different. It is very different. Yeah, yeah. And even just before this, I was looking at uh, the Portal do Bitcoin Instagram feed. On Twitter, they have maybe like a thousand followers. And on Instagram, they have a hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like okay. is insane. I guess people, yeah, I guess people prefer Instagram here. So, uh, so that's been a shift for me. I've never been on Instagram before, uh, before like three months ago. Uh, I've just refused to use, you know, Facebook products, I guess, except I have that, I have an Oculus headset, but beyond that, I, I, I don't use Facebook products. Um, and I understand but, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I I I didn't I I was gonna sign up for this like Threads, uh, this new you know Twitter app that that they rolled out with, but it seemed sort of like anyway we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. But um, one other thing I wanted to ask you here, just kind of on the subject of community management and just community building in Latam, um, uh, you know when you're talking when you're looking at like you have these big global protocols, whether it's, you know, Ethereum, whether it's Near, whether it's Algorand or whether it's Polygon or all these guys, they all have kind of their like, like their center of gravity, you know, generally in like North America, generally in like Europe, generally in Asia. And um, they like a lot of times it just feels like Latin America is kind of this like forgotten about place. Um, and it's like, oh, maybe, you know, we'll do some like financial inclusion stuff in Latin America or something. Right. And um, it's not, it doesn't appear to be like a huge priority. And I, even just talking to like, you know, some of the other event organizers here in Brazil, like, you know, the Ethereum Brazil guys, they're kind of like, they're like, guys, like come pay attention to Brazil. Like there's stuff going on here. You need to know about this. And I'd just be kind of curious as to your take on like, what would it like, why is this? Like, why is, why is Brazil like relatively overlooked among kind of the global community maybe? And, you know, what do you see as, like what needs to be done to sort of start changing some of these perceptions? Uh, taking specifically the, the Algorand case, I, I, I believe that not only Algorand, but I think that we lack in Brazil some big projects that uh, get international attention, um, but also the ones, the big ones that we have in LATAM, uh, again, uh, taking Algorand as an example, we have amazing projects in Argentina. I mentioned two of them, uh, but there's also CoinBanks. Uh, there's, there's, there are others that are very important projects for us that are doing major stuff in many other countries in the world. But I probably a lot of people don't know that they are from Argentina or that they are from Latin America. So I think that somehow uh, the, the, the success projects that we have still need to... to to, to cause an impact that uh, uh, to, to be seen uh, in, in, other in other countries, in other regions. For instance, Asia has so many countries that are just as uh, third world or just as poor as many of the countries that we have in Latin America. But in Asia, you have such a big tradition of tech. They are like very technological. They have such an amazing interest in crypto since the beginning. And Latin America was a little bit slower on that. Uh, like African countries were a little bit slower. And boom, then Nigeria comes and, and takes over uh, um, as one of the biggest markets, crypto markets in, in, in the world. So I think that this is lacking for Latin America for people to actually see the potential uh, we don't have that much uh, technology uh, we don't we don't develop that much our technology but we consume a lot of technology so as I mentioned Brazil just grew in one bull run in one bull market Brazil became I don't know from top 15 to top two or top three at the largest uh, crypto exchange in the world that's something to be noticeable like we consume a lot of technology there's anything new that is launched Brazilians are buying are using, are trying it out. So uh, not only Brazil, Latin America in general, but uh, there's a lot of potential that is not being seen. I don't know if I have an answer for that, but what I see is that there's a lot of overlooking. People are not actually noticing uh, the potential that we have. Uh, and if we don't have the investments to, to, to go further, it's a lot harder to, for, for Latin, uh, Latin America um, uh, projects and, and startups uh, to actually 
um, get uh, more attention. But there's a lot of potential and we like investment, <laughs> basically. That's the story of Latin America, to be honest. Yeah, but... <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't apply to just crypto, right? It applies to a lot yeah. of other things as well. Um, and maybe on that front, um, maybe talk a bit about, you know, uh, so what are some of the the programs or um, maybe like grant programs or like, or, you know, developer support or builder programs, builder funnel type programs. Uh, that Algorand Foundation offers that uh, maybe somebody who's listening to this uh, and they're like, hey, this sounds interesting. I'd like to learn more. I'd like to, you know, uh, like, like what, what does your builder's funnel look like and what what opportunities are available to uh, maybe entrepreneurs or, or builders in the region who, who would like to learn more? Uh, on the developer side, especially, uh, I would say that this is, as I mentioned, a pain point or a low hanging fruit for, for Brazil because uh, we currently don't have that, um, uh, that, that, that effort turned to Brazil. Like we don't have people, we don't have dev rails, so developers relations uh, uh, to be done in Brazil at the moment. But we do have for the rest of Latin America and that's very strong. So currently the most uh, straightforward path that we have for developers uh, is, uh, it is for developers, sorry, because we, we are every now and then creating boot camps to train the, the developers. That's very strong for us in Spanish spe Spanish speaking countries, basically. Uh, and on the builders and entrepreneur side, uh, we are partnering and looking for and finding incubation programs uh, to work together to attract those new projects to build on, on our blockchain. So there's a lot of awareness work that we do, but uh, really, hands-on work are those uh, boot camps and those trainings that can be online. Uh, we do a lot of, of uh, in real life uh, boot camps and workshops as well. Uh, and there's a lot to be done because if we don't go for the developer's audience, you basically don't have people that are actually building in your chain. So this is, as I mentioned, for Brazil, it's still a pain point that we are trying to address for the rest of this year and the beginning of next year. Um, but we are lacking resources as well at the moment. Got it. Got it. And then for for accessing or kind of getting in front of this developer community, um, I mean, do you find I mean, maybe what's the biggest challenge with with kind of getting their interest? Right. We, we, like, we know these people exist. Is it is it a question of, you know, trying to find, you know, trying to recruit like a Web2 developer or, or a, a student or something like, OK, first of all, you need to convince them that they should come to Web3. Uh, and then yeah. <laughs> second of all, you need to convince them that they should come to Algorand instead of uh, the gazillion other chains that are out there that are that might be recruiting them or, or trying to, um, yeah, you know, trying to trying to, to trying to woo them in some fashion. Um, I mean, I, I guess it would be interesting to hear your, call, your, your perspective on like, what is it? I mean, do people like what are the kind of the main points with actually like once you find these people, like how do you actually kind of get them into your funnel? Uh, I think that you 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 nailed it in, in in your comments because what I feel and personally that's what I feel in in Brazil and the developers that I I, I got in touch basically is that uh, many Web two developers are not interested in yet in Web three and this bear market it's not helping because they don't see that much potential it's not something that it's really on the hype at the moment when something is on a hype it's so easy for you to just you know. Get to know us. Come, come closer. We have a lot of um, uh, material that it's easy. Um, so, getting uh, convincing web to developers to to actually 
dive a little bit on 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 web3 and understand and, and see the potential of it it's it's one of the it's it's the first step and the second step is as you mentioned to, to convince them to, to come to algorand but what we do what we have globally is that we have the algo kit that is such an amazing uh tool or um combination of tools that makes this transition really really smooth and we are improving that a lot so this is something that i can uh i can easily criticize maybe the marketing side or maybe th many things from from the algorand from algorand but the tech side it's like almost flawless i cannot say that it's flawless but it's almost flawless we have our cto is such a genius guy he's amazing it's john woods from the foundation and on the tech side of the of algorand inc itself we have silvio and his team behind and and this is like uh if they invest in something is on the tech side so basically we do have amazing tools to to make the this transition easier for those developers, we just have to get to know them. We just have to reach them and actually convince them. So basically the, the step one of convincing these developers to actually move to Web3, it's even harder than to convince them to, to come to Algorand because once you are already interested in Web3, you can try it out many um, different chains. Uh, but if you have a good pack of tools, it's easier for them to, to get interested in yours. But first, they have to be interested in in Web3, <laughs> in building yeah. blockchain. Yeah, yeah. So that's been the main pain point, it sounds like, is really just getting people interested in this. And, and especially during this market, it's not the, you know, it, <laughs> things are kind of in a, in a doldrums right now. So it's not the most exciting thing to jump into. Exactly. Uh, Start learning you... something new from scratch. And I don't even see the potential of it at the moment. Why should I do that? So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough sell. Uh, but I think we're all, we're all kind of in that same boat. Right. Um, so maybe to kind of wrap up here with a couple of uh, wrap up questions. Um, do you have any, I mean, maybe give us like, you know, next six, six months uh, on, you know, any, any like exciting news on your end or on the Algorand Foundation side, uh, any like anything that we should be looking out for, any new partnerships or, or kind of announcements that might be in the works that you can maybe uh, tee up for us a little bit here? Uh, probably I cannot share anything that it's confidential, <laughs> but I can say that for Latin America, for Brazil specifically, uh, we are, we don't have many projects in Brazil, but we have a lot of projects on boarding. So, uh, probably in the future, we're going to have some interesting, um, many of them are still early stage. So, uh, I, I cannot say in six months, but I can say that, uh, some of them are already flourishing they're already growing so there's a lot of early stage projects that are uh, onboarding with us in in brazil uh, and we especially on tokenization side which will be a lot of interesting features for those that want to start using blockchain so maybe in a startup that doesn't want to necessarily go directly to a blockchain but they want to get involved somehow they can use this tokenizations company so there's a lot to be done uh, and across uh, work level so this is uh, something that I see as interesting for Brazil uh, and in Latin America we have a partnership with BAF that is the Blockchain Accelerate Acceleration Foundation it's a non-profit organization that is accelerating and developing uh, um, 
a lot of projects on blockchain, basically. So the idea is to get uh, more partnerships with incubators, as I mentioned before. Uh, and we work a lot of with students as well. We have a, a strong students and university program that we are investing more in Latin America. So we also expect uh, uh, some good outcomes in the future, not so near future, but, but in the future, we're investing a lot on, on the universities and the students side. Uh, and I think basically that's it. And on the tech side from Algorand, we just recently um, advertised, maybe that I can say that, that we are on um, 10,000 TPS, so uh, transactions per second, which is pretty fast. It's an improvement from what we had before. It was 6,000. Actually, we can perform even more than 10,000, but that's what we say that we can because that's what we can guarantee. And by the end of the year, we expect to... to to, to be doing even more than that, so uh, even faster and with more scalability. And uh, we are completing currently, we are completing a block in 3.3 seconds. Uh, and this is also something that we intend to go to less than three seconds, like 2.7 something, so even faster. Uh, that's already a way, way faster than many, than most of the chains. But of course, every fraction of second that you can go down, it's, it's always important when you're talking about this, anything that needs scalability. So I don't know if that, if that's right. exciting enough, but those are the things that we are <laughs> working on. No, that's very cool. Very cool. Um, well, anyway, Actually, one more question I had for you. Um, just on the tokenization front, would you be curious to hear, like, what have you have you been involved in any discussions with with some of the larger financial institutions here in Brazil that are looking at tokenization, asset tokenization, a bit more aggressively? Um, or are are those folks are, are they kind of when they look at like a permissionless chain, uh, open public permissionless chain, are they do they get kind of scared away from some of that? Or is this something that they're that they're looking at that they're they're kind of testing out, or, I mean, what's what, what's the reception been from kind of I guess the the tradfi community here that is looking into uh, some of these tokenization use cases. Uh, I, I I don't I don't feel that much enthusiasm still in 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 Brazil or in Latin America. In Latin America, maybe a little bit more because we we have already some good tokenizations companies, as I mentioned. Uh, but I I believe that uh, in US for Algorand we have a lot of interested uh, interest uh, coming up from 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 that side. But there's I I believe that there's a big fear, as you mentioned. There's still a um, kind of uh, uh, people are still waiting to see where it goes. I, as I mentioned before, like this bear market, it 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 uh, it's it's a problem in many fronts because it it put it puts people away. When you're on a hype, uh, no one actually thinks too much. They 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 go for it because everyone is talking about it. And when we're not, everyone is even more cautious than they would be at any other point. So uh, what I believe is uh, in U.S. especially, what I what I see is that we are more advanced on on, on that front. But in Latin America, I, I see uh, still, especially in Brazil, uh, there's uh, not many people looking at it, at tokenization as they could be. So there's more projects coming up in, in, in other places, I would say. Got it. Got it. So, so in your view, the, the interest in Brazil is really, it's really um, relegated to more like kind of the, per, the permission to chains, like kind of your hyper ledgers and, and your, yeah. I guess, you know, I'm not sure if 
you know, Hathor. I'm not really sure what, what they are exactly. I should probably know that, but, but anyway, but more of these kind of like, you know, they're, they aren't just like the pure open public chains, uh, that's, that we, we see kind of out in the wild essentially. Uh, but it's more controlled environments that, that arguably they offer a little bit more control, but they also offer a lot less of the, you know, kind of the features of what makes blockchain unique, I guess. So, um, well with that, um, We'd love to kind of give you the last word here. Any final thoughts from you? Um, any, uh, you know, if, if people want to get in touch with you or learn more uh, about Algorand, uh, where should they go? Uh, basically to our social media channels. If you're a, if you're a Portuguese speaker, if you're a Brazilian, uh, we have Algorand Brazil for all the main social medias, as I mentioned. So Instagram, Twitter, we are on Telegram. We are not on Brazil. We have a global account on Reddit and Discord, uh, but you can find us there. And if you are an uh, English speaker, but you are interested in, in, in Algorand, we are basically in all the channels as well. And uh, we have a very strong YouTube uh, for devs. So if you are a dev and you're interested in, in learning how to build on, on Algorand, there's a, a lot of interesting content in Spanish and in English uh, for, for, for Algorand. Uh, so basically just uh, reach us on, on social media and you you get probably the information that you want. And as a final message is, I, I, I think I made that very clear, but uh, I'm very thrilled and excited about Algorand because the people behind it, they are very, they are very good. Not only Silvia Mikali, that is the founder, that is a genius, but uh, this is something that actually made a difference for me when I decided to, to move from Binance to Algorand was that during my interview process, I loved talking to everyone. Everyone was very engaged and everyone was very uh, senior level, you know, so you see that as a company that actually invests in in, in the people that they are there. Uh, different from many other startups and, and companies that, you know, just hire a bunch of junior people and uh, just to get work done. I used to in Algorand, there's a lot of focus on the strategy, which I think it's it's important if you have that you have good people behind your project. I think that's uh, that's that's really interesting. So, I I'm I'm very passionate about uh, the way that Algorand deals with with its work and and what what they have to offer. So basically, that's it. If you if you liked it as well, just reach us on social media and 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 Algorand Brazil or Algorand Foundation on on English channels, and that's it. Thank you. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> Uh, well, Myra, thank you so much for your time today. It was great having you on the show. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. And we will catch you next time. Thank you.